Amen. Isaiah chapter number 14. If you found your place you can, would you stand? We're going to read just a few verses, and then I'll give you the thought for the morning. Look at verse number 12 with me. Isaiah chapter number 14 and verse number 12. The Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the day. Help us, I pray, as we preach this morning. I pray the Holy Spirit will stir hearts. I pray you do a work that only you can do. And I pray the Holy Spirit will just change us and help us. I pray that maybe those who normally are not real good at listening, I pray they would listen today. I pray that you would help them uh, to stay awake, to stay focused, to stay in tune, and to listen to what the Word of God says. Then I pray as well that maybe those who do listen, that you would uh, make even more sharp their senses and allow them to receive something deeper than just what they hear. But I pray that you would speak to their heart. And I pray the Holy Spirit would challenge them and help them. And I pray for that sinner that might be here without Christ. I pray for their salvation. I pray that you would challenge them and convict them about their sin and help them to see their need to be saved and help them to repent today and trust Jesus. We thank you for all that you do for us. And God, we come yet again asking for another favor, knowing that all is vain unless you do the work that needs to be done today. We pray the Holy Spirit will work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In Isaiah chapter number 14, this is the record of Isaiah's prophecy concerning the fall of Babylon. And he uses the fall of Lucifer or the fall of Satan out of heaven as as a picture, an idea of what the fall of Babylon would be like. Isaiah lets us know a little bit about Lucifer. He was called the son of the morning. His name means light bearer. And if you were to study a little bit about Lucifer and Satan and the the devil and the things that the Bible says about him, you would find out that when Ezekiel testifies of him over in chapter number 28, he personifies him as the king of Tyrus and tells a little bit about the fact that he was an anointed cherub, that he was a guardian of the throne of God, that he was a keeper of the throne of God, and that he was one that was right on the right in the presence of the Lord all the time, right in the presence of God, the God of heaven all the time. And yet he was he had pride. Pride began to work because of His beauty, because of all that He was, because of what God had made Him to be. And because what God had made Him to be, He was able to gather a following. And the Bible tells us that a third of the angels were fallen with Him and the devil and his angels were cast to the earth and some under everlasting chains of darkness and so on. 
But his fall went from the very presence of God into into the, the pits of the damned, the pits of the abyss. The Bible tells us that what what that he would be cast down to hell. He said, Thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. When you read in the Bible in Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 41, you find out that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 41, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. If a person goes to hell, they go to hell as an intruder. They go to hell. You talk about feeling unwelcome. You talk about feeling not at home. You talk about feeling out of place. A person who dies without Christ and goes to hell is in a place where he never feels welcome. He never feels like he belongs. He never feels because that was a place that was not prepared for him. That was a, or them. That was a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Revelation chapter number 20, verse number 10, the Bible says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever. I'm looking forward to the day when the devil is cast into the lake of fire, and he will no longer be a threat to the people of God. He will no longer be a threat. He will no longer be the accuser of the brethren but we will forever be separated from Him. I like the Bible says He'll be shut up. And I'm thankful for the fact that He will be shut up. So the words that Isaiah uses by the Holy Spirit are a description rather than a question. Notice what the Bible says. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Now notice there's an exclamation point and not a question mark. He's not asking a question. He's not trying to discern information, but rather when he says these things, the word how there is used not only to describe the condition or the quality of the fall, but also to show the remarkability of the fall and the cutting down. He's saying, wow, I can't believe here was an individual, here was a being that was in the presence of God. Here was a being that one time was responsible for singing praises to the Lord, who was the anointed cherub who spent his time in the presence of God Himself. Man, how did you get there? How can a person go from that point to being brought down into the walls of hell, into the, into the walls of the pit? into the sides of the pit. How can you go from... I mean, literally, he went from one extreme to the presence of God throughout all eternity to the other extreme to eternal separation from God throughout all eternity in in one fell swoop, if you please. In one act, in one decision, in one move, he went from one place to another... And, and it's almost like Isaiah is like, wow, how did this happen? Not necessarily asking a question, but just marveling at how, how remarkable 
this fall was and the quality and the condition of the fall. So from the text we can see that it was Lucifer's intent to lift himself up and yet it was God's intent and it was God that will eventually bring him way down. If you look in the Bible, you'll find that Lucifer made the statement, Satan made the statement, the devil made the statement, not out where everybody could hear it. He didn't make a statement to one angel and tell him to tell the other angels. He didn't make a statement throughout eternity. He didn't make the statement to God. As a matter of fact, he gave the appearance of being in submission to the Lord. He gave the appearance, he probably even used the words when he sang the songs that he was singing. He had all the words right, but his heart wasn't right. He had all the words that were being said right, but his heart wasn't right because in his heart, he was saying something totally different than what he was saying with his mouth. In his heart, he was saying He was saying, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll be better than all the other angels. I'll be better than all of God's other creation. I'll be better. I will lift myself up. I will exalt myself above all the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will occupy the place that God occupies. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I will be like God. I will control my destiny and my destiny is upward. I will control my desires and my desires are from within me and they are for what I want, and my pursuit is about what I want. Yes, I've sung the songs, and yes, I've been in His presence, and yes, I've listened to other people sing, but now it's time for me to shine. Now it's time for me to take over. Now it's time for me to occupy the place that God occupies and for me to do instead what I want to do. Well, we know what ended up happening. is Satan desired to lift himself up, but the Lord ended up bringing him way down. And it is ever Satan's desire to lift himself up against God. It is always Satan's desire, Lucifer's desire, the devil's desire. That old serpent, the dragon, it's always his desire to lift himself up against God. It was always God's desire. It was always his desire to exalt himself. And it was always the Lord's desire that Lucifer should remain humble. That Lucifer should be remain in his place where he was, his exalted position, his place of worship. His place in the presence of God. His place among the, among the, uh, the created beings of God, the angels of the Lord. It was always the Lord's desire for Lucifer to stay there. The Bible expressly tells us as people to humble ourselves. The Bible says in several different instances, Proverbs chapter number 16, verse number 19, 
Better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. That's what the wisdom of Solomon said. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 29, verse number 23, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. What did you hear that? Just the same thing that happened to Lucifer is going to be the same thing that happens to you and I if we begin to lift ourselves up with pride. Instead of lifting us up, instead of exalting us and causing us to ascend, it rather brings us low and brings us, takes us lower. Matthew chapter number 23, verse number 12. Jesus said, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. But he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. God's economy is different from man's economy. The way that God does things is, in order to go up, you have to go down. In order to be exalted, you have to make yourself low. In order to be rich, you have to become poor. It's kind of odd the way the Lord does things, but it's God that honors men and gives to men those things when men humble themselves. James chapter number 4, verse number 6, But He giveth more grace. Wherefore He saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Thank God for His grace. Grace doesn't come to proud people. Grace comes to humble people. James chapter number 4, verse number 10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. 1 Peter chapter number 5, verses 5 through 7. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud. He fights against the proud. The proud fight against God? Well, God fights against the proud. And the Bible says, and He giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Boy, there's a reminder throughout the Scriptures in Old and New Testament for us to not follow the example of Lucifer and try to lift ourselves up, but rather recognize that God lifts up those who humble themselves. And even though the Bible tells us to humble ourselves, it is Satan's desire that we lift up ourselves against God's Word and against God's will. That's what Satan wants to do. From the very beginning, if you were to go back in in the record of the fall of man in Genesis chapter number 3, In Genesis chapter number 3, he comes to Eve and he says, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? She said, well, we can eat of every tree in the garden, but the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we shall not eat of it, neither shall we touch it, lest we die. What did he say? You're not going to die. Ye shall not surely die. But you'll be gods. You'll be able to make your own decisions. You'll be able to lift yourself up and ascend. God's holding you back. God's keeping you from from the knowledge of things that, that you ought to know. 
You ought to be able to experience these things. You ought to be able to understand these things. And you ought to be able to know what these things are in order that you might make a decision what's best for you. Because God doesn't know what's best for you. That's why He's keeping that from you. He's keeping this from you because He he knows that if you start making your own decisions, your decisions won't include Him. So why don't you make your own decisions? Why don't you do your own thing? Why don't you be a man? Why don't you decide that you're going to be a man or be a grown-up and make your own decisions and quit worrying about what God says and what the Bible says and what the church says and what the preacher says? Don't worry about them. You make your own decisions. Well, you know, that, that kind of feeds the ego a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't need to depend on everybody else. I don't need to start looking around and, and finding out what so-and-so is going to do. I, I can make my own decisions. Yeah, Korah thought he could make his own decisions too. And the earth opened to swallow him up. Uh, Aaron and, uh, Aaron and Mir- Miriam thought they knew as much about God as Moses did and could make their own decisions too. And Miriam was smitten with leprosy and the whole whole group of people had to wait seven days before Miriam was clean because she was smitten with leprosy. All throughout the Bible, you see people when they... Listen, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. All throughout the Bible, you see people try to prove God wrong and they never do. I've been in the ministry. I've been pastoring churches since 1992. 27 years I've been pastoring churches. And in 27 years, I've seen multitudes of people decide that they're going to prove God wrong. And I've seen multitudes of people fail in trying to prove God wrong. Because God's never been wrong. God's always right. His Word's always right. You try to exalt yourself, guess what? He's going to bring you low. You say, oh, but oh no, I can make the money. I can do what I want. I can change. I can make some decisions in my own life. Well, you'll find out that money is not everything. You'll find out that money doesn't bring the joy that some other things can. You might lose your spouse. You might lose your children. You might lose your, uh, you might lose your prestige. You might lose your testimony. But as long as you got the money, I guess, if that's what your goal is in life, I guess then you got what you wanted. But you had to lose a lot to get to where you were. So now as a result, because Adam and Eve decided what they were going to do was they were going to do their own thing, guess what? That same sin nature now is passed down to us. And we fight that same battle. We fight the same battle Lucifer did. We've got that devil living on the inside of us. That wants to exalt itself against God. Wants to exalt itself against God's will, against God's word. And even though mankind like Lucifer already owned... Listen, Lucifer already owned an exalted position. Guess what? Mankind owns an exalted position in creation. There is no creature like men. We are the crowning jewel of all of God's creation. He gave us dominion over everything that we see. We have dominion. We have power. We have authority. We have posable thumbs. We can grip firearms. And if something wants to come at us to eat us, we can shoot it. And we have the wherewithal, we have the know-how, we have the mindset 
God has given us a crowning position in creation and God has said, I will come and dwell with you. My son and I will come and abide with you. He said he would do that. We could live in his presence. We have that at our disposal. But we don't want that. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be my own man. I'm tired of the cookie cutter thing going on at church. Everybody's got to dress the same way. Everybody's got to look the same way. Everybody's got to comb their hair the same way. Everybody, And so I go into the goth movement where everybody looks the same way. Everybody dresses the same way. Everybody cuts their hair the same way. Or I go into some other kind of movement. I'm tired of looking like everybody else. I'm going to join the military. Boy, that is really wise, isn't it? I mean, you can't even tell the men from the women in the military. They're all dressed the same. They got their hair pulled up and the men's got their hair shaved off and they all walk the same. Cookie cutter. I'm trying to get away from that cookie cutter mentality. Isn't that crazy? That's how convoluted we are. We're messed up. Because we had an exalted position and we didn't want it. We didn't like what God gave us. Satan had that exalted position. He had an exalted purpose. It was to glorify God. He was responsible for all the praise of the Lord. Guess what? We have an exalted purpose. Whether therefore you eat or you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do you realize God takes imperfect beings like us and allows us to offer excellent sacrifices, acceptable sacrifices to Him. The lifting up our hands in praise. The praise from our lips. He allows us to do that. And we are able to fulfill the purpose of God in glorifying Him. But I just don't know if I want to do that. I don't want to spend my life just going to church and glorifying God all the time. Satan didn't like that exalted position. He didn't like the exalted purpose. He didn't like the exalted privilege. Do you realize, as I said before, Satan dwelt in the reality of God's presence. Lucifer dwelt in the reality of God's presence as the anointed cherub at the throne of God. (laughs) Do you realize, man, I wish I, I, I can't say it. I can't say it the way I want to say it. Do you realize we can experience the realness of God in our lives. Not just something fake or imagined. Not just something that, I don't know if God's real. Well, it made me excited, so I said, no, 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 no. I'm talking about we can experience God in reality. Think about that. You can go into the presence of God. You can, uh, you can bow anywhere. Matter of fact, you don't even have to bow. You don't even have to close your eyes. Please don't if you're driving down the road. But you can enter into His presence at any time. And I'm telling you, His presence has been real when I'm driving down the road. His presence has been real when I'm here in the church praying. His presence has been real when I'm in my study in my chair. His presence has been real when I'm at home by myself. His presence has been real. I'm not talking about something fake. 
I'm not talking about something manufactured. I'm not talking about something that you just hope that is real. No, I'm talking about something that's tangible that you can lay your hands on and experience. But you'll never experience it doing your own thing. And Lucifer had it and lost it. Why? He did his own thing. There are multitudes of Christians that are right now pursuing their own thing and they've lost the presence of God in their lives. And now they don't even know if God is real. They're questioning. You can deny Him. You can deny Him, but He won't deny Himself. He he abides faithful. There are people that are, I just don't know if it's real anymore. Doesn't seem like it's real. Listen, God is just as real today as He was 20 years ago. As He was 50 years ago. He's just as real. He's just as real. When when Sister Lydia stands up and cries and testifies to the dearest friend, I have no doubt in my mind it's real to her. When my wife testifies to me sometimes about how the, how she loves the Lord, I have no doubt it's real to her. It is real. And you say, well, that's real to them. No, it can be real to you. It's real to everybody. We have that privilege. Your dog doesn't have that privilege. Your birds don't have that privilege. Nobody else has that privilege, but you get to dwell in the presence of a real God. You get that. You get it. But, but, I'm going to do my own thing. It's not, it's not like it was back then. You know, back when, I used to hear old so-and-so preach and you could just tell God was real, but it's not real like it was back then. And oh, and oh, so-and-so, man, when he mounts the pulpit, I mean, there's just something, there's almost a glow about him, man. I'm telling you, it's just real. But this is, this is just regular church. It's not, it's not real like it is during revival. Whose fault is that? It's real for me like it's during revival. Whose fault is that? Well, you know, it's just different when you had a guest preacher in and when old brother so-and-so preaches or well, brother so-and-so or when he teaches or this one happens or this us and this to this one testifies. You just tell there's a realness there. Man, there ought to be, people ought to be able to tell there's a realness about you. People ought to be able to tell that you're real, that you know the real God. They ought to be able to know that. But see, the problem is, Lucifer and mankind wanted more than God. They wanted something else. God wasn't enough. You know, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise. You look there, you'll find out that everything God gave them was pleasant to the eyes and good for food. Everything. But He was looking for them to come to Him for wisdom. Let me tell you the wisdom. Let me give you wisdom. But then when Satan comes along, when the serpent comes along, he says, listen, you can make your own decisions. You can have and be wise just like God. I will be like the Most High. You can be just like God. And you can start making your own decisions. You can do your own thing. Fooey on the church. You don't need the church. You don't need... you don't Bible? You don't need a Bible. You have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. Who needs a Bible? Let the Spirit lead you. 
Yeah, let the Spirit lead. Because the Spirit will lead you. You better try the spirits. You get away from this book, it won't be the Holy Spirit leading you. I promise you that. But here, he said, they wanted more. They wanted to do more. They wanted, Satan, Lucifer wasn't satisfied in his exalted position with his exalted purpose and an exalted privilege. He wasn't satisfied with that. He said, I want people to sing this stuff to me. I want people to worship me. I want people to make, I want to be able to make some decisions, have people serving me for a change. And they wanted more. Neither, neither would be satisfied with God. And so as a result, neither would ever be satisfied. Since they weren't satisfied with God, can I just break it to you? You're never going to be satisfied if you decide to just go your own way, do your own thing. You're always going to be striving to exalt and ascend. Always, it's going to be just a little more. Got to have, got to have a little more of this. I got to get a little higher. Got to have a little more money. Got to have a better position. I got to have this. I got to have that. You're never going to be satisfied. Never. So, this leads to Satan influencing men to strive for more for himself and to ignore the will of God, to ignore the Word of God, to ignore the uh, influence of God. And as I thought about that, what ends up happening is men, just like Lucifer, decide that they're going to go their own way. I'm just going to go my own way. Now, I, th- I was thinking about that this week, thinking about people just going their own way. People do it all the time. People leave churches and Christianity and they just go their own way. They're doing, something, they're doing what they've always wanted to do. You know what I find out for a little while? Yeah, that's satisfying. You have a little bit of fun for a little while and it's fun for, but then you, you have something else that you want to do and you have to go do something else and just, you're always pursuing and you're never achieving and finding. So you decide to go your own way. And so I thought, well, what is the ultimate end of a person going his own way? What is the goal? And you know what? I think the Lord showed me. I think the Lord showed me what it is when somebody says, I know what I have. I know that I have an exalted position. I'm the crowning work of God's creation. I understand that. And and that's a blessing. And I know what it is to have that exalted purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to glorify God. What a blessing. And I know that, yeah, I have this exalted privilege. Yeah, I, I, can, I can enjoy the presence. And I have. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed His presence. I've enjoyed it. I really have. But what is the goal? And that's what I want to preach on for a few minutes, on the goal of go, going your own way. What is the goal? I believe the Bible answers it. First of all, before we get to our goal... I want us to consider, first of all, the goading of Satan. There is a, the word goad just simply means like a prod. Some people have what's called an ox goad, and they, had, has a, if it's electrical, they, they use it to shock the cow, bull, or whatever to do whatever they want it to do. And it's just something to make it go their own way. So go where the way they want it to go. So Satan uses the goading, his goading, 
on men to, for men to begin to pursue what they want. So where does that come from? Go with me to the book of Matthew chapter number 16. We're going to use our Bibles just a little bit. Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16 and look at verse number 23. Most of you know this verse. You know the context of the verse. Jesus has already been on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's asked the disciples, uh, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am, and so on. And they, and Peter had that awesome answer that he gave, you know, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, uh, all of that is there. But then, on verse number 21, Jesus begins to talk to the disciples and tell them, I'm going to go into Jerusalem and be crucified of men. What he does, he shares with them the will of God for his life. He shares with them God's will. And Jesus is intent on doing God's will. And so as Jesus is intent on doing God's will, the Bible says in verse number 22 that Peter took him and began to rebuke him saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But Notice what Jesus did. But Jesus turned, but he turned and said unto him, Peter, said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Thou savorest not. You have, you don't have a desire for. You don't have an appetite for. You don't have a want for the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So how does Satan goad us? Well, he goads us first of all by desiring the benefits of man. You need to get their approval. You need to receive their accolades. You need to be better than the average one. You need to ascend so you're a better person than they are. That's He does it with the Pharisees. The Pharisees thought they were better than everybody else. And everybody else thought that they were better than them. And, uh, and so the Pharisees held this exalted position all because of the opinion of men. And so here he says, here Jesus says that when Peter, when Peter, uh, says these things to Jesus about not being crucified, he said, you're not desiring the things that be of God. You're desiring the things that be of men. You're desiring the approval of men and the accolades of men. You're not even looking for the will of God. You're looking for the appetites of your own heart and your own desire. You don't want me to go away, but you don't understand. The salvation of many depends upon me going away. The salvation of many depends upon me being crucified and resurrecting. The salvation of many depends upon that. And all you're interested in is you don't want to lose me. All you're interested in is you don't want to lose the comforts of what you've got right now. All you're interested in is you don't want to lose the surroundings of what you've got. All you're interested in is you just want something better for yourself. And if you go away, it won't be better for myself. All you're interested in is you. You're not even interested in me. You're not interested in the will of God. All you're interested in is what you... Well, it's always what what I've always wanted to do, so I'm going to do it. It's all what I've always wanted to do. Oh, okay, well, just because you've always wanted to do it, has God always wanted you to do it? Has it been something? You know, there are things that I've always wanted to do, but I've never had liberty from the Lord to be able to do those things, even though I've always wanted to do them. And just because you've always wanted to do them doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's not that hard to figure out. 
We make it so difficult. We've got to make it complicated. And we've got to throw the will of God in there. And we've got to throw God in there to make it sound spiritual. But God's not within a million miles of being far from the Lord. I've already preached on that. I'm not going to rehash that message again. But here, here was Peter. Here was Peter being rebuked by Jesus himself. And Jesus called him Satan. Why? He said, because you're putting yourself in a place of God. You're trying to make me change my mind. You're trying to make me miss the will of God from my life. Because you want me to do what's best for you. devil. The devil does not want you to do what's best for you. He wants you to do anything as long as it's not the will of God. So he'll put desires in your heart. He'll put ambition in your heart. He'll put drive in your heart. He'll put pursuits in your heart that lead you away from God, away from the church, away from Bible, away from the preacher, away from everything, away from everything that even sounds like God. He'll put all that in there. But it'll bring the approval of this man. It'll bring the approval of a a carnal man. It'll bring the approval of the natural man. It'll bring the approval of natural women. It'll bring the approval of the world. But it will not bring the approval of God. And Satan just prods that. He's never going to let it go. He's going to keep poking. Oh, come on. Come on. I just can't get away from it. Maybe you can't get away from it because it might be Satan prodding you to get you away from God. I just don't feel like I fit in. Maybe you're not supposed to fit in. Go back a few weeks ago when I preached on the call of God. Maybe God's calling you to do something, asking you to do something, and you just don't want to do it, so now you don't fit in. Because everybody else is listening to God and you're not. There's so much that is there. But Satan's going to keep goading. He's going to keep it. That's what he did with Eve. His tactics haven't changed. He's doing the same thing. Why? Because it keeps working. It keeps working. Why change it? All he has to do is appeal to the appeal. They said that Bernie Madoff, Bernie Madoff ran a Ponzi scheme and got billions of dollars from what I understand. He made off with a lot of money. Great name. But they said that Bernie Madoff would not even talk to the lower half of the one percenters. He would only talk to billionaires. He'd have millionaires come up to him and say, hey, I understand that you can help, help me invest my money. And, uh, well, how much are you talking about? He said, i got a million to invest. Pfft, that's nothing. I, I ain't got time to talk with you. And he'd walk off. And you know what it'd do? It would play on him. I'm a millionaire. He can't just talk to me like that. And then they would pursue him, and they would willfully invest money in something that did not even exist, and they would throw thousands, millions and millions of dollars. Steven Spielberg was one that he got. Millions and do- millions of dollars in a Ponzi scheme that did not even really exist. And they were left with nothing. That's exactly the way the devil works. He promises, he acts like he really doesn't have time for you. Ah, I ain't got time for that. And he just goads you and plays on your pride. And because you're desiring the benefits of man and you're denying the benefits of God's will. See, people don't want to wait to invest their life in God to see how God's going to pay off. It's kind of like investing a risky investment and a sure thing. You can put a lot of money in a risky investment and get a lot back if it goes well 
Or you can put a lot of money in a, in a good investment and just get a little back at a time, but you're better off with this than you are with this because this you may lose everything. So I would rather, and I know, I know I have that exalted position. I know I have this exalted purpose and I know I have this exalted privilege. But listen, I I just can't see, I I feel like the church is holding me back. I feel, I feel like, I know, I know what the Bible says, but this is the 21st century and that, this book was translated, what, four or five hundred years ago, four hundred plus years ago. And I mean, you're talking, we're in the 21st century now. So we've passed through four complete centuries and I don't know that this is as relevant as we think it is and I know what the preacher says and I know, the preacher don't have a lot of money and this family don't have a lot of money and that family don't have a lot of money but look at what they've got. They don't go to church any but look at all that they've got. Look what he's got. Look what that one's got. Oh yeah, uh, the, the, fret not thyself because of evildoers. And we look around and we see what the evildoers have and they never go to church and they say, I don't have time for church. I'm too busy making money. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for somebody to come and yell at me. I gotta, I gotta hurry up. Uh, but, uh, they, they deny the benefits of being in God's will and they say there's no real benefits to it when I can have these benefits right now by doing what I've always wanted to do. Exalt, ascend, move up. And Satan says, that's right, man. I think you ought to go for it. I think you ought to do it. Do it. Go for it. Jesus told Peter, he said, you're, you're just like Satan. You're just like Lucifer. And you know what? If you're listening to him and you're ready to trade out the things of the will of God for the things of yourself or the things of this world, you're just like Satan too. And just like Satan ended up falling to the earth, just like Satan's going to end up in the, in the, in the pits, you are going to end up low as well. Ask Jonah. He exalted himself against the will of God and stood defiant against it and went in the opposite direction. And guess where he cried out of the belly of the whale from? Guess where he cried from? Hell. I understand that he didn't go to the literal hell. But he felt like he was. He was in the lowest part of the earth in the belly of a whale. He said, I cried out of the belly of hell. The guidance of Satan. Back in our text in Isaiah chapter number 14, verses 13 and 14, you see Satan guides. How does he guide? Well, he says... If you look at what he says, he encourages them to exalt themselves and ascend. I will ascend into heaven. I will be like the Most High. I will this. I will that. And he talks about all of these things that he's going to do. And he continues to exalt himself. And he says, and he uses he uses the words. I mean, the words that he uses. He says, "For uh, I will." And he said all of this in his heart. He wasn't saying it out loud. He said, "I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will. I'll be better than everybody else. I'll be better than everybody else. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will be." in the place of God in my life. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I will be my own God. I'll be able to do what I want to do. 
And Satan says, yeah, that's right. Be your best. Be the best you at the expense of whomever. These are not brothers and sisters in Christ. These are stepping stones to get what I want. You don't believe that? I've I've known of people who have joined churches to get contracts for different things, and then they leave. When the contract is done, they feel led of the Lord to be moved to another church. Just so happens that other church is going through a same kind of project, whether it be some kind of financial deal or whether it be some kind of building project or whatever, they decide they're going to go over there. They feel led of the Lord, fooey on that trash. That's not the Lord leading them. That's their own desires leading them. They're just getting the guidance of Satan. You got what you needed from them. Now let's move on to somewhere else. We're talking about exalting. We're talking about, we're talking about, we're talking about exalting and ascending. We're moving upward. They're going to stay stagnant. They're going to be where they are. They're not going to get any better than what they are now. This is it. This is the best. It's time for you to move on to something better. Be the best at the expense of others. Be the, go beyond at the expense of God. Don't care what God says. I know God sits on the congregation on the sides of the north. I know He sits there. And I know God has a throne in heaven, but I will be like the Most High. You'll be singing those songs to me. All those accolades that you say about God, you're going to be saying them to me. All those things you say about the... It's, it's time for me to shine. I'm Lucifer's son of the morning. I'm the light bearer. I'm the bright one. I'm the one that is, uh, I'm the one that's the light bearer. No wonder that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, right? That's what the Bible tells us. And, in the Bible tells us that he's transformed. He makes, he makes everything look, he can take the most carnal situation and make it spiritual. Man, illustration came to my mind. I'm not going to use it, but an illustration came to my mind about a man who took advantage of a young lady and said that she was God's choice for him. He was married. Take a very carnal situation and all of a sudden turn it into something spiritual. See, the devil's the best at that. And through his guidance, he can take your most carnal desires and help you word them in such a way so that it sounds spiritual. Isn't that great? And when people say, now listen, I've had people come to me and say, I feel led of the Lord to do this, or I feel led of the Lord to do that. Listen, when you invoke His holy name and you tell me the Lord told you to do it, I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. Even though I might know God didn't tell you to do it. But when you invoke His name and say, well, the Lord led me to do this, or the Lord led me to do that, or the Lord, you better make sure it's the Lord leading you, not just something that Satan is guiding you to say to make it sound spiritual so that you can get what you want. The goading of Satan, the guidance of Satan. All right, so what is the goal? What is the goal of all of this? Go to Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 8. Jesus is being tempted of the devil, led by the Spirit into the wilderness, is being tested by the devil. Matthew chapter number 4, watch what he says here. 
And the devil take them up into exceeding high mountain and showed them all, th- all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Verse number 8, Matthew 4, 8, verse number 9. And saith unto him, All these things I will give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. That was the goal that Satan had was for God to worship him. Hear me out. Because when you go your own way, what your ultimate goal is, is for God to worship you. Wait a minute, preacher. Oh yeah. See, we want God to work for us. All right, God, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to spend the rest of my life. And I expect you to bless it. Because by giving those blessings, that is His sacrifices onto me for Him to let me know that I'm doing a good job. He's worshiping me. Instead of me worshiping Him. Because He's doing what I want. As opposed to me doing what He wants. He is serving me. Because He's given me, I will ascend, I will exalt myself, I'll do all this. I'm going to take the place of God. And when God, now when I take the place of you in my life, and I begin to make some decisions, I expect you to be right there, blessing me every step of the way, offering those sacrifices, removing obstacles, opening doors, closing windows, doing everything necessary so that I will know that you're serving me and blessing me, that you're worshiping me. That's the goal of going your own way. When you decide you're going to do what you want to do, your ultimate end is you want God to worship you instead of you worshiping the Lord. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said in verse number 10, Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. The Lord's going to remind you, Wait a minute, sir. You've got it all wrong. It's not up to me to do what you say. It's up to you to do what I say. And your disobedience is going to bring wrath and judgment and all kinds of problems in your life. And if you want to go your own way, that's fine. I'm going to turn you over and turn you over and give you up. And you're going to find yourself in such a spiritual mess, you may never get out of it for the rest of your life. There's people that probably will never be right with God, ever. Because they made a decision a long time ago that they were going to go their own way and they have not changed their mind since. And they are still expecting God to bless what they're doing. And God says, all right now, I gave you the exalted position in creation. I gave you an exalted purpose to glorify me. And I gave you an exalted privilege to dwell in my presence. But I'm telling you now, when I go away, seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. That implies to me that He may not always be found. He may not always be near. I got a feeling... I said it back there in the thing, and I'll say it out here. I said it in my Sunday school class. I've said it before. I think a lot of these people that chase around all these 
gospel singers and go to the quartet conventions and all that stuff, chase all of them around all their life and never have time to go to the house of God, never like preaching and things like that. I believe they told the Lord no a long time ago and there's an evil spirit that troubles them and the only thing that satisfies them is a little bit of music from time to time. They can't stand it when somebody preaches the Word of God because all they hear is where they went off the rails back there. You would, Brother Wesley and I were talking the other day. He said, if you were to bring a preacher out in a lot of these singing conventions and groups, he said, if you were to bring a preacher out, you would thin the crowd out in a hurry. If you were to tell them we're having singing and preaching, you won't get the same crowd that you'll get just for singing. Why? Because they want God to work for them. They want God to work on their time. They want God to do what they want them to do, what they want Him to do, as opposed to Him doing what they, He wants them to do. So I want God to worship me. The goal of Satan is we want God, is, is he, we want worship, we want God to work for us, we want God to worship us. The word worship, it means this, to kiss the hand in token of reverence, to express respect, or to make supplication, it's used in homage to show, shown to men and being and beings of superior rank. We want God to bow down to us, to kiss our hands, and admit that we knew better for our lives than what He did. And I'm just going to tell you, He's not going to do that. It's not going to happen. So your pursuits are always going to be empty. Your pursuits are always going to be, you're always going to be striving for more. You'll sacrifice your family. You'll sacrifice friends. You'll sacrifice your church. You'll sacrifice the Bible. You'll sacrifice whatever you have to sacrifice to finally get that little bit of happiness that you've so craved And then it's not going to deliver. And you're going to be so disappointed, you're going to go for something else. When the Lord said, if you would just humble yourself, if you would just humble yourself, I'll lift you up. Humble yourselves on the side of the Lord and He shall lift you up. If you'll humble yourself, I'll give you grace. If you'll humble yourself, I will exalt you. If you'll humble yourself, your pride's going to bring you low, but your humble, your humble spirit, those that are humble in spirit, I will bring honor upon you. All of those things you're desiring, you get them. By submitting and surrendering and humbling yourself before God and choosing to follow Him and worship Him. But the devil says, you want more out of life than that. The devil says, you're a better person than that. You're not like everybody at Pleasant View Baptist Church. You're different. You're different. And since you're different, 
the ceiling for you is much higher than everybody else. You, you are a unique individual. And I'm telling you, if you make your own pursuits and let God bless them, you'll go, you'll go places. And God says, that's not the way it works. It's my pursuits that I bless, not your pursuits. It's my pursuits. It doesn't work that way. And instead of going up, you're going to end up going down. Instead of being honored, you're going to be dishonored. Instead of being exalted, you're going to be abased. Instead of being, uh, instead of being proud, you're going to end up being humbled. It's not going to work that way. But you know what? I don't care how much I preach that. Somebody is going to try to prove God wrong. Someone's going to do it. Everybody, I know what you said, preacher, but I'm telling you, okay, you invoke his holy name and you tell me God told you to do something, I won't stop you, but that don't mean I have to support you. And I probably won't, especially when I know that God's not in it and he's never been in it. It's all about you. It's not about him. So that's the goal of going your own way, is having God worship you. And do you really want that? Because that doesn't turn out well. Wouldn't it be better to get back and recognize that exalted position, that exalted purpose, and that exalted privilege, and fall on your face before God, and say, oh God, I've been following the wrong person. From here on out, I'm following you. I'm following you. Would you stand with your heads bowed? Father, thank you so much for the day. I pray you'd hear our prayer. Please forgive me of my sin. Please forgive me of the times when I've exercised my will against what I knew to be your will. It has never turned out well for me. Never. And I have been that part of that crowd that has tried to prove you wrong, and I have yet to prove you wrong. By your grace and by your help, I want to fall on my face the best I know how. And Lord, I want to serve you. I want to give my life to you. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to say what you want me to say. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to recognize my exalted position, my exalted purpose in glorifying you and that exalted privilege of being in your presence. Lord, we need you now more than ever. Forgive us. We need you. Help us to follow you in Jesus' name. The instruments are playing. The altar is open. If God's spoken to you, I encourage you to do business with the Lord.